Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer in Seattle. The Oilers and the Kraken tonight. As we head off to our Oilers Now headliner today, on a day in which we had Elliot Friedman for Mid-City Construction, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Our Oilers Now headliner is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky and Trent Wilhawk. Uh, and his wife, Nicole, along with uh, Barry and Brenda Hunka, were kind of enough last night to... Uh, to uh, join Jack Michaels, Louis DeBrus, myself, Gene Principe, and Cam Moon, and we went to Duke's uh, here in Seattle, and it was awesome. The Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we are joined by the radio play-by-play voice of the Seattle Kraken, Everett Fitzhugh. Everett, it's Bob Stauffer. How are you doing? Hey, Bob, doing well. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Well, you know, it's going all right. Looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, you, you know, I, I know that uh, you've done a, a lot of these interviews. It's, uh, it, it says it right literally in your actual handle on your Twitter account, broadcaster for the Seattle Kraken, Motor City Raised, Breaking Down Walls and Defying Stereotypes. And, uh, you know, it's it's been quite a journey for you to get to the National Hockey League and, and maybe coming from what some people might think is a non-traditional background. So tell me this, how does a kid from Detroit become uh, such a big hockey fan? And uh, tell, tell us a bit about the journey along the way for yourself. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, when, when, you're, when you're born and raised in hockey town, um, you kind of are predisposed to the game of hockey, so it was a pretty easy decision for me to get involved with hockey, although mom thought the sport was a bit too dangerous, so I actually never played. I'm more of a baseball player growing up, but, um, you know, I, I came along in that late 90s back-to-back uh, cup run for the, for the Red Wings, and, and that's what really piqued my interest, but it wasn't really until I, I – 
actually saw a game featuring the Oilers uh, in which they had Mike Greer, George LaRock, both on the same team. And, and for a black kid from Detroit who historically hasn't seen a lot of people who look like him playing the sport, it was huge for me. I actually became an Oilers fan because of it. Um, and then, you know, I always knew that I wanted to work in sports, but I never was particular uh, as, as to what I wanted to do until I got to college. I went to Bowling Green State University and got involved in the sports broadcasting program there. I was play-by-play for the hockey team for three years there. I then went to the USHL uh, league office uh, for a year and a half. I then went to Youngstown for a year uh, in the USHL to do some PR broadcasting and all that. And before Seattle, I was in Cincinnati in the ECHL for uh, five years. So I think very similarly to a player, I had that, that incremental step up, right? You, you, you keep going to each level until you ultimately reach the top. But, I mean, this was the first ever professional goal that I set for myself, getting to the National Hockey League and the fact that I was able to do it. Uh, at a at a young age, I mean, I, I'll be 33 here in January, so it's uh, definitely a very uh, fun experience, and it's been one hell of a journey that I'm never going to to forget, and I'm never going to take for granted. Well, I think for a lot of Oilers listeners, I think they think it's pretty cool that you grew up an Oilers fan. Uh, George LaRock, as you're probably aware of, basically does the show, I would say, makes about 40 appearances a year on the show and yeah. uh, loves loves to bring up the fact that he uh, ran uh, ran over yours truly one time. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in a non, in a non-contact situation, which I wasn't ready for it, but uh, that's okay. Uh, George, George loves to give me shots and it's all good. It's all part. It all comes with the territory. So you've got this connection yeah. to Edmonton. Uh, and for the record, you did do like the, the, just the way you recounted it. You did about seven years worth of play-by-play. So you called you know four or five hundred games. That is not a quick ascension. You put your time in to get this chance. What's it been like here in Seattle being a part of an inaugural group? And you also have uh, the privilege, in my opinion. Um, you're on the radio side. I would suggest Seattle might have the best television play-by-play voice in the league right now, John Forsland, uh, who's a pro. And Dave Tomlinson's just a great teammate as well, an excellent analyst that worked with John Abbott with TSN in Vancouver for a number of years. Yep. So you're working with some pretty good guys that have got a fair amount of experience on the broadcast side. Yeah, that, that, that's been huge for me. And like you said, I mean, I'm not I'm not a play-by-play rookie by any stretch. You know, three years of college podcasting, and then um, between the USHL and then the ECHL, another six years. So, you know, I'm at nine years of, of play-by-play experience. But in terms of the NHL, it, it's a whole other beast. And to be able to work alongside a guy like Dave Tomlinson, who, who has been in this industry for, for a while, he played in this game. He's played overseas. He's worked in this game. He, he And I tell him this every day. Tomer has helped me in ways that he doesn't even realize. Uh, just the way he prepares and what he looks for, what, how he watches a game. You know, it, it, I could not have asked for a better radio partner to have, you know, in, in my first year in Seattle. And then obviously John Forslund. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you right there. He, he for for me and, and for a lot of people, he is the gold standard. And to 
to be able to sit at a morning skate with him every day, to be able to to share a seat on a plane, to be able to to share a glass of wine after a game and, and just sit and talk hockey and and to really get to know him and what he's about. You know, we've got a really good broadcast team. You can add JT Brown in there as well, who he was on the ice uh, six, eight months ago playing overseas, and he has really uh, transformed in, into a really good analyst in, in, quick, in quick order here. So we have a really good group of, of broadcasters here. And, and I think you're right. You know, the, the best television play-by-play guy in the game right now, in John, you've got an up-and-comer in JT who knows the game. He can relate to, to today's game because he just got finished playing today's game. And then on the radio side, you know, Tomer, Dave Tomlinson is, is, is one of those guys who uh, he understands the game. He understands the broadcasting aspect of it as well. So it's been fun for me, and it's really helped my transition a lot in terms of finding out what works what doesn't work, how to behave, how to act in the NHL. And, and, and I think those two in particular have really helped me grow in such a short amount of time here on the microphone in Seattle. Everett Fitzhugh joining us right now. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. So tell me about the Kraken. How's the season gone so far? It's gone well. You know, I, I think Vegas uh, set an unfairly high bar for a lot of uh, expansion teams moving forward. But I think for the Seattle Kraken, the biggest thing for them was finding that identity. What type of team does this team want to be? Did this team want to be? You had the six-game losing streak earlier, but over the past two weeks, this team has gone 4-1-1 one, and one in their last six. They've been finding ways to win. They've been finding ways to get points. It might not always be pretty, but they've been finding a, a lot of ways to succeed. And, and I think on a team that outside of your Eberleys, your Schwartzes, you know, Wenberg and McCann, there isn't that bona fide top line player, but you have a lot of hardworking second and third line guys who are coming together for this cause. And, and I think they're now starting to see the rewards of their hard work put in. It was a long training camp. It was a very long in terms of just how condensed it was and how much ice time. It was short in terms of time, but the fact that this team was able to come together and, and, are, and were still trying to find themselves, I, I think played a lot into those early season struggles, and, and obviously the Kraken are behind the eight ball a bit, but that slow ascent up the division ladder, I think, it's starting. Seattle just took over Vancouver uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of games ago. And now you start to have a few other teams within your sights. If you can win two of your, you know, two of every three games, three of every five games, you'll put yourself in a position to be playing meaningful games here in March, in April. And I think that's where the Kraken is right now. Everett, uh, Pat Burns once said, and I quote, uh, goaltending 70% of hockey, unless you don't have it, then it's 100% of hockey. And the the Kraken, when they got Philip Grubauer, which surprised everybody, right? Everybody just yeah. assumed Colorado was going to re-sign him. And the, the collateral effect is Edmonton was probably going to get Darcy Kemper and didn't because uh, Alan Heppel was involved with the Arizona organization. And uh, he, he drafted a, a defenseman uh, that was part of the deal that went from Colorado to Arizona. That was the difference in the trade between the two teams. Both teams were offering a number one, a conditional number one. Just on Grubauer, he's just started to play better now, but that save percentage is still that save percentage for the team. They're, they're dead last 
uh, in save percentage at 874. Do you think that's not not to pinpoint an area, but they've scored enough? Do you think goals against has been the biggest uh, issue or, or the save percentage to date so far for Seattle? I, I think so, but I don't want I don't want to say that and sound like I am putting this all on Phil Grubauer. This is definitely not him uh, alone. Um, you know, this has been something that defensively this team has been trying to work on, limiting goals, limiting uh, opponents' opportunities. You know, playing well early in games, early in periods has been one area that I think the Kraken have been trying to focus on. You look at the last 14 games, Seattle has allowed 21 goals in their last 14 games within the first five minutes of a period. So trying to start on time, trying to limit those you know, momentum changing opportunities, I think all boils down to defense. But Dave Haxtall has said it himself, and I think um, you know it's been echoed a few times. The Kraken goaltenders are good. It's just that the goaltending needs at some point, at some times needed to be better. And I think Philip Grubauer has been able to find himself getting into a bit of a rhythm here over these past few games. He's making the big saves that he needs to make. Unfortunately for Seattle, Chris Drieger's been hampered by some injuries this season. He'll be out again tonight. That's why Seattle called up Joey Decord before the Red Wings game a couple of days ago. But I I think this two-headed goaltending tandem that was so much talked about and so heralded in the offseason is slowly starting to come and and be that two-headed tandem that a lot of people had talked about. So I, I feel like Grubauer is finding his stride, but I think more so defensively as a team, the Kraken have gotten better, which is allowing Philip Grubauer's job to be a bit easier. Uh, I put on 15, the freshman 15, my first year of university in the late 1980s. Uh, the late Greg Parks once joked when seeing me, he played at Bowling Green. He was a star there and a oh, yeah. great player of the Southside Athletic Club. And he said, Stoff, uh, obviously he didn't get cheated any at-bats, and I didn't. But I, I got to tell you, I put on another 15 the first year I did color back in 08, 09. I went from, yeah. I don't even want to tell you what I went from. It is the NHL. Some call it the Never Hungry League. How's just in terms of the life experience for you and getting a chance a little bit different from being in Cincinnati so just maybe uh, if you can shed some insight for our listeners on what it's been like just the adjustment of you're not staying in the best western anymore you know that I mean maybe Cincinnati was a team that stayed at the best hotels wherever you traveled the coast but a little bit different experience don't you think I will say, so in, in Cincinnati, I was actually our team services person, so I was the one putting us in the hotel, so I managed to get a couple extra stars out of those hotel ratings every now and then, but uh, but no, you know, it, it's it's been such an amazing experience being here um, in in Seattle, and and, and traveling with the team you're on a charter jet um and luckily we've got a really good nutritionist and and good nutrition staff here (laughs) dave tomlinson is also very very uh conscious as well so if dave tomlinson doesn't go grab the cookie unfortunately fitz isn't grabbing the cookie as well so i'm I'm trying to follow his example also but um yeah I, i think our longest flight this year was about five hours and that was from tampa uh from seattle 
to Tampa. Um, that was a normal road trip in Cincinnati. I, I, I can recall multiple 17, 18-hour bus rides. We had a, a bus breakdown once on our way to Fort Myers, Florida. So that 20-hour bus ride ended up turning into a 27-hour trip, uh, which was a lot of fun for us. So, But, no, I mean, the lifestyle has been great. The hotels have been great. There have been a couple of places we've stayed where I'm like, man, this is a great hotel. And someone will be like, oh, buddy, wait till you get to Edmonton. Wait till you get to Montreal. Wait till you get to these other places. So it's been fun. But like I've always said, you know, I'm trying to put all the goodwill out there. I'm, I'm keeping humble and, and appreciative. But it's this is definitely the way to go. I called my wife after our first trip, uh, we, our first flight in the preseason. And I said, so we're never traveling charter or coach ever again. We're going to get charter tests from now on. And she quickly reminded me that I don't think we can afford that. So I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I It's same uh, same situation. And just to put things in perspective on the food and the nutritionist, so this is year 14. When Tom Rennie coached the team, we still had chocolate bars on our plane in 2000. Uh, Tom came to the staff in 2009, and he would sit at the front of the plane and fire back arrow bars and coffee crisps and Kit Kats to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, the, the players would see it, and Sean Horikoff and uh, Ethan Morrow would make fun of me the whole time. And uh, he goes, Stoff, you seem to be able to catch two or three of those at a time. So it's, uh, it's much more di- discipline date uh, diet today than it used to be back in the day, I can tell you that. Well, luckily, Gary Roberts uh, and, and then Nate Bricker, Brickerson, who's our strength coach, they our meals on the plane are, are just healthier in general. Um, Same, you know, yeah. so th- th- there's a lot of lot of rice, a lot of vegetables, a lot of protein, a lot of chicken. So the meals where you would put on the weight, I guess, are are, are kind of few and far between, but. It's when you have a couple days off in a city. We went to Arizona. Uh, I had a couple of days off in Arizona, and we stayed at this uh, at the hotel, which was right across from one of those, uh, you know, shopping yeah. plazas that has everything in it. So we we made the tour of a couple of restaurants there, and you know, there were some wings that were had. There were some potato skins that were had. You say that so like it's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, but it, it, but but we uh, we were able to, to to keep it in check. But I will say though, Dave has told told me, JT has told me, even John Forsland told me. He said you need to be careful because what's going to happen coming up here late December, January, or even when the weather starts to turn, you're going to go back and put on that suit that looks so good your first game, and you're going to say, ah, these pants don't fit as well as they used to. So I'm trying to see if I can avoid too much of that anyway. Enjoy it, man. We'll see you in about four hours, okay? Sounds good. Take care, Bob. Thanks for having me. Yvette, that is Everett Fitzhugh, the first radio play-by-play voice and one of the first uh, black play-by-play, first black play-by-play voice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So the National Hockey League here. Heard him talk about his journey. Awesome story. We're going to take a quick time out. It's 150 at Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I can swear I recognize that voice for that Canadian Power Pack commercial. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Escott's a big fan of the Texan. We go to this day in Oilers history for New West travel. Looking for a great Oilers road trip? Fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines to watch the Oilers play. Just $1,750. You can go online, check it out at newwesttravel.com. We've already got a lot of people booked on that trip. It's in April. Here's Brendan Escott. He's going to take us all the way back to 1985. Great year. What do you got, Brendan? The Oilers scored five goals in the third period to beat the Kings 8-4. Yari Curry had uh, two goals to help keep the Oilers first in the Smythe Division standings. How appropriate. Yeah, well, you know what they say, Brendan, if you're not first, what are you? You're last. There you go. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Looking for a great road trip? Fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines to see the Oilers play for only $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. So uh, the face-off show begins tonight at 6 p.m. Edmonton time. The puck drop is at 8 o'clock from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. The Oilers in the crack, and again, it'll be Stuart Skinner against Philip Grubauer. Uh, Russell and Barry Lagesson and Bouchard, Nima Linen and Broberg together. McDavid with Hyman and Yamamoto. Drysaddle with Arne H and Pulley McLeod, Fogel and Cassian. Derek Ryan and Colton Sevier. Perlini draws in for Benson as Edmonton gets uh, set to take on the Seattle crack and the orders beat them five to two earlier this season. Monday we'll have a recap of the weekend, which includes the game Sunday at home against the LA Kings. John Shannon will be one of our guests for Legacy Heating and Cooling. We'll try to work on a great guest or two next week for you as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge today from two to three, and then the six thirty chat afternoons of Jalen Nye. I'll be rejoining you just after six thirty tonight on the Face Off Show from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.